Good morning, gangy. Welcome to the Polynesian Culture Center. Please step off the bus. My name is Brother Neil, and today Brother Neil is going to give you the messages, the value messages, okay? But before we do that, I wanted to bring attention to, you know, uh, Pastor Max, Pastor Sonny, they've been doing a good job. Pastor, you know, Pastor Mark is on sabbatical. We're already halfway to the pool swim. We're almost there. You know, that Pastor Max, he's super encouraging every day. How's it, guys? Hey, you're going to have a great message. You know, you call him on the phone. You, like, tell him you're going to be late. Hey, Pastor Max, hey, Neil, how's it going? What's going to be late? Yeah, it's okay. No worry. How's your family? You know, like that. that. That's how encouraging he is. I'm sure you guys like him. So as a vote of confidence, if you, like, keep him, raise your hand. No, I don't, I'm not just joking. See, Sahi? Well, your wife, she never raised her hand, Max. <laughs> anyway, that's all right. That's all right. Because Brother Neil is here to give you the value messages, all right? And we're going to do it in Pigeon English. Now, the value messages is like the value menu when you go to McDonald's. The burger is cheap, but it's good, okay? I work for cheap, but the message is going to be good, all right? All right. So, today we're going to do them in Pigeon English. The reason we do them in Pigeon English is for two reasons. One is because I show you I'm bilingual. Bilingual. Buy only with lingo, nothing else after the word buy with my name, or we're going to tangle, okay? The second thing is lingo, for some of you guys, means language, logistics, I mean, linguistics, okay? It's not the former um, governor, so just letting you guys know. The second reason is because, I tell you the truth, I get deep wounding, okay? Every time we get together now, no more Pastor Mark, so we get together, somebody had this great idea, everyone go go preach, we get to a meeting, everybody come together, and you know the guys who've been talking, that is, some of them are elders. They're doing one good job, okay? I mean, these buggers are smart. I'm telling you, they're smart. They come to the table. I'm telling you, if smart had an older, smarter brother, more smart would be Oyata Mari guys, okay? We sit there. I, hey, I, I'm telling you, I sit there. They're talking, and, he, and Oyata Mari is talking to me. Sure, I'm just sitting down there, spectator. Oyata Mari is talking, and then he uses this word. I don't know what it is, okay? I'm like, hey, what was that? And he looks at me like, yeah, yeah, Neil, like you don't know that word. This word is like a $10 word. You pay $10 to get this word, okay? I don't recognize it. I've never seen it. I don't even know how to Google them. I was going to go like this. I don't know how to spell them, okay? That's how smart they are. But that's okay. I get deep wounding. We're going to level that today. Today, we're going to do them in Pigeon English because Brother Neil can, okay? We're in my side of the pool now, the shallow side. I can stand up anytime I like. So where, where's Oyaramari? We're on my side now, home slice. So no problem. When we're doing the value message, we try and give you something that's really important, okay? So, a while back, I was doing the youths, the, the youths, the young people, and we did a message on, you know, change your tire. Very important, you're going to have to change your tire, somebody's going to have to change your tire. When you get old like me, you can tell people how to change the tire because you know can see, okay? So, I'm going to teach you guys all because some of you don't know how to change tire because one of the parents of one of the youths asked me to do it in the big people service, which is you guys, okay? And I told him, okay, Pastor Mark, I'm going to teach him because you don't know how to do them. But he's on vacation, so you know what? His wife will keep on changing his tire for him. That's okay. <laughs> so today we will learn how to change tire, okay? Value message, very good. Then you guys can eat. It is very easy. It is simple, okay? And that's what we're going to use to learn. It's simple. Like, you know the nursery rhyme? Simple Simon was one pie man going to the fair. It's simple. So that's what you got to remember. S-I-M-P-O. Okay? Real easy. Very easy. Okay, the first one for S. Stop in a safe place. You, you, you are driving along and you need to change your tire. 
You know that something is wrong. You will, you will experience a shimming to the right and the left on your wheel. You will hear something funny like, okay, that means something is wrong. No, keep on driving, okay? One clue might be the person next to you going, hey, hey, you can flat tire. I've seen guy keep on driving like that. That's how you know you have a flat tire. You must stop in a safe place. Do not stop in the middle of the road, okay, please. Move on the side. Go someplace safe. Don't go someplace where you park right next to the line on H3 where everyone is trying to get around you at 70 miles per hour, okay? Get in a safe place, but you must stop. Don't drive or you will become very sad, okay? So that's S. I, you got to get out and you got to inspect or assess the damages. You learned that, okay? Inspect and assess the damage, the issue. What's going on? Let me give you a hint. If you have two flat tires, you can't fix both of them. They only give you one, okay? So you have to inspect what is the problem. Where is the tire blown out? Is there only one? So you have to look at it, walk around, check it out. Is it bad? Don't be like my friend's daughter. Hey, daddy, yeah, my tire is flat. What a thing flat? What position on the car? The bottom. Like, what? It's like, the bottom is flat, but the top seems okay. <laughs> Don't do that. Don't let your kids grow up like that, okay? So... Inspect and assess the situation, okay? The next thing is, uh, you got to look at number three is the manual. I, I don't know if you all know this, but your car comes with a manual. It's in the glove box. You pull that bugger out and it tells you when the service interval, when you got to change, what light bulb you got to get, inclusive of where, how to change your car tire, where all the stuff is that you got to do it with. Read it before it's broken. That might be a good thing for everyone to know. Okay, so now you get out the manual. Now we're going to get to the important part. P in simple. P, you have to make a plan of action. Do something based upon the manual. Don't do your own thing. Okay, so here we go with the pictures. Number one, first picture. Park on a level place. That helps. Otherwise, you like Frogger, trying to run across the road back and forth. Okay, next. Pull the handbrake, please. Some of you, don't forget, park is not good enough. You got to make the handbrake go on so the car does not work. So it doesn't roll around. Okay, check the manual. The manual tells you what to do. Next slide. See, it tells you where the stuff is. Okay, no more slides for now. Let me show you this. The stuff is the stuff you need. The small tire. People are like, oh my God, what's wrong with my tire? It's so small. That is the spare tire. This is the tire iron, okay? This is the stuff to make the stuff go up. This is the, this is the jack. Now, everyone has, this is for a Honda Fit. This is my daughter's car. There are many kinds of jacks. Some is piston, some is like this. It'll tell you in the manual where to put the jack. Okay, next one. This is a scissors. See, it tells you. Amazing. Next picture. See, I got to find. Now, you see on the frame of the car, by each tire is a reinforced area for you to put this thing underneath. Don't put it on any kind of place because it's not going to be balanced and the thing going to eat into your car. It actually is a place. I got to feel it in my hand because I cannot see with my eye. Okay, next picture. See, I found the place finally. Okay, next picture. Okay, here's the deal. This goes into this. This goes into this, the jack. Okay, you hook it in here. You start to raise the car up. Do not let the tire leave the ground, okay? 
You raise the car up till it starts to push up and your jack is set. Next picture. You see that? That's taking off this, the lug nuts. This is the tire iron and this is the wheel. These are lug nuts. This fits on top here. You can try and break the, the tension with your hand. If you no can, use your feet. If you want light girl, then you stand up, hold the car, stand both feet on the thing and jump up and down. It'll get off, okay? Next picture. Same picture. Okay, after you break the tension, you put the jack up until the tire is off the ground, okay? It doesn't work unless it gets off the ground. Next picture. Now we take off the lug nuts, the rest of the stuff. You notice I get gloves because I don't like making my hand dirty. Okay. After you take off all the lug nuts, then, next picture, we take off the wheel. Okay, take off the wheel. Next picture. Then we put, we take that one off, we put the small one on. Please, read the manual, read the tire. It tells you what side to face out. Okay, you put them backwards, you're going to have the same problem. Okay, next picture. I think that's it, huh? Okay, you can take them down. Now, once the small one is on, and in the manual, you read the manual, and you have your little plan that's telling you what to do, here's some helpful hints. Read the tire. The tire says, do not exceed 50 miles, 55 miles per hour. It is not a race tire. It is not so that you can keep on going to school for the next week. It is only for you to go home, okay? So, you gotta, after you get your plan of action, you do these things, that's the helpful hint. You're going to get uh, back home. And what is O? O is other people. Who are all the other people you got to call? Your dad to let him know. Because there might be a warranty on the tire and Sam's Club can fix it for free. Number two, you got to go back to the shop. And the shop can either plug it, patch it, or give you a new one. The other people involved is it, you, you got to get some help to replace it. If you go back to the shop or any shop that you go, they will put the, take off the small tire, put it back inside, put your jack away where it was, and put the new tire on so you don't need to get dirty. Okay? That is very simple. How you change the tire. Okay? Everybody got it? Yay. Very good. So we're not going to see any of you, any kind of place, not just standing around, don't know what to do. Because some of you have children, just like, well, some of us, and they don't like call Triple A. They don't like call anybody else. They like call dad. Why? Because that's dad's job to change the tire. So now everybody knows how to do their own tire. Okay. That's how you change the tire. Now we will go into application. Otherwise, you would just go be eating. This is the same exact thing that goes through your entire life. When you have an issue in life, this is how the Lord helps you. Very simple. But it doesn't mean that it's easy, okay? When you have an issue in, the, in your life, you want to stop. You want to stop and give God a space to get in. If you only track what you're planning, what you're doing, what you're thinking, God is not getting inside what's going on. In 1 Samuel, it says, The Lord came and stood there calling as at other times, Samuel, Samuel, then that Samuel said, speak for your servant is listening. Earlier, Samuel was sleeping, but then he, he hears this, and, but he has to stop whatever thoughts he has. It says, Lord, you tell me what's going on. You cannot listen unless you stop and focus on what's important. In James, it says, my dear brothers and sisters, take note of this. Everyone should be quick to listen, slow to speak, and slow to become angry. 
to listen, slow to speak, slow to become angry. It's super important. If you're going to be quick to listen, you have to stop whatever else you're doing. Stop your conversation. Stop what's going on. Stop the emotional escalation that you are feeling because it is super important in order to get God into what's going on. Many times you may be thinking like I do or talking or planning while somebody else is talking, but God is not able to speak when you're doing that. Know that you control the timing. Timing is a choice. Are there times when you think, I should have stopped? I shouldn't have kept tracking that way. It didn't seem to be a good idea. Hey, I, I, I just shouldn't, I should have just been quiet and just kind of sat back, and I should have just came back to the table and spoke again. Sometimes that's the spirit of God nudging you. Like, hey, Neil, shut up, you know? Because something important is going to happen, and sometimes it's not the best for you, and that's not what God has for you. So you have to stop in a safe place and let God get into the situation. It's just like making the tire. Otherwise, you're going to have a problem. Let's look at the second part. Inspect and assess the issue. You have to look when you have an issue. What is the real problem? You know, is there more than one problem? Like you have more than one flat. Can I really handle that? Do I really need help? You know, sometimes you get into a situation there is absolutely no way you can do it yourself. But how many of us think, hey, you know what, I can do it myself. I've done this before. I help other people. But there are many times where I cannot do it myself. I need to call out and ask people. But before that, I have to examine what's going on and gather the facts. Let's look at a, a Bible verse that, that we find in um, Luke. It goes like this. Hang on, technology. As Jesus approached Jericho, a blind man was sitting by the roadside begging. When he heard the crowd going by, he asked what was happening. They told him, Jesus of Nazareth is passing by. He called out, Jesus, son of David, have mercy on me. Those who led the way rebuked him and told him, be quiet. But he shouted all the more, son of David, have mercy on me. Then what happens? Jesus stopped and ordered the man to be brought to him. When he came near, Jesus asked him, what do you want me to do for you? Lord, I want to see, he replied. Jesus said to him, receive your sight. Your faith has healed you. Immediately, he, the blind man, received his sight and followed Jesus, praising God. When all the people saw it, they also praised God. That's in Luke. Jesus himself was on a path. He stopped, but he asked the guy, hey, what is it that you want? He investigated, what is it that you need? What is your heart's desire? And then he fixed the situation. Jesus himself did that. Let's look at another verse in 1 Samuel. Then David, the person who's going to become King David, fled from Naioth at Ramah and went to Jonathan and asked, What have I done? What is my crime? How have I wronged your father that he is trying to kill me? David is talking to Jonathan, Saul's son, and Saul is really angry with David, and he, and he's, he wants to end his life. And David is saying, Hey, wh what's going on? Wh what did I do? What's the problem? And that's a helpful hint. When you start to do an analysis on what is an issue that's going on, ask yourself, is it something that I am doing or not doing? I examine, you know, is it something that, I, Lord, you're trying to tell me to do or not do? In 2 Corinthians 13, it says, examine yourselves to see whether you are in faith. Test yourselves. So if you take a pause and you say, is it me? Because you want clean hands. You want to be able to go in a situation, a relational situation, with clean hands and know, hey, if I, have I done everything that I am supposed to do? 
Yeah. You want to be able to look at it, yeah? Because, you know, husbands, you do this already. You do this already. You're introspective. Your wife stops talking to you. You go, hmm, what did I do? What did I do now? I don't know, but it was bad. You don't realize that your wife stopped talking to you two hours ago, okay? <laughs> and she's more mad now because you didn't ask that question ahead of time. But it is introspective. You got to think, hey, is there something that I did, yeah? So that's the I, the inspect. M, the manual. You guessed it. The manual, the Bible is a manual for life. The Bible, I, I know we always talk Bible this, Bible that, got to read the Bible. Hey, the Bible is like a manual. It is not to be read as a story. It's not there just to be fun. It's not there for us to tell us, bad people, do this. It's not that. The Bible is actually a manual that tells you how to operate your life, like for a car. It's super important. In 2 Timothy, it says, all scripture is God-breathed and is useful for teaching, rebuking, correcting, and training in righteousness so that the servant of God may be thoroughly equipped for every good work. The manual is super important. In fact, the, the Bible helps you be prepared when you read it for problems before they happen. In Proverbs 22, it says, a prudent man foresees danger and takes precautions. The simpleton, that's the moron, goes blindly on and suffers the consequences. Hey, you know what? I've been the moron a few times. Like, I know what I'm doing. No worry, I get them, and I don't get them. And it's bad. And you try and back out of that situation, it's not easy. You ever felt like, I should have thought of that ahead of time. I should have known that. That, that, that is something that kind of shows you, hey, it would be good if you had some kind of instructional manual that kind of tells you. And the Bible answers every question, covers every issue in your life. I, I, I'm telling you, it, loss of a loved one, struggle with parents, issues with children, getting ready for marriage, what should I buy, what should I do about my boss, forgiveness, how to spend my time, why do I exist? I sat there and I just ripped out a, a list that I'm not going to tell you out of stuff. It's like, you can't go hundred stuff. In the Old Testament, they say that Yahweh, the name of the ever-living God, there's a name for God for every need of man. He covers it. In the Bible, it covers everything. And sometimes it's not that clear on its surface. If you mine it out, it's kind of like a diamond. You find these things underneath the surface as you work through it. You can ask some of the guys, we've been kind of studying the Bible together, and you can see, wow, where did we get that from? So awesome. I'll give you an example, okay? So I read the Bible, and I do what's a journal because I cannot remember everything like Oyatomari. So I, I write a journal, okay? And, and this past week, a couple weeks ago, I was reading in 2 Corinthians, Paul says, though I own nothing, I have everything. Though I own nothing, I cannot buy, you know, he doesn't buy anything, he doesn't have stuff. I have everything. So I start thinking, okay, God, what is that all about? Owning, what do you own? You own stuff, you own cars, you own, you know, the TV, you, it, it's possessions, yeah? And then I went, what is have? have it, I have something that's really important that's, that's beyond ownership. And, and, and I realized it's the things that God stacks in the Bible. Like, hey, you, you, you have family, you have love, you have trust, you have these things that will go on beyond. After I turn to dust, it's going to keep on going on because they're principles of God. God is forever. God is good. It's all in the Bible. And I go, hey, that's what I got. Okay, it doesn't end there. So the other Saturday, I am at home and I, I know it's hard to tell, but I'm not real laid back. I tend to be driven in what we're going to do. So me and my wife, Corrine, we usually wake up in the morning, get some coffee, 
We go out. Sometimes we drive. We live in Conway. Sometimes we drive out to Punalu. I put on my chair, smoke a cigar. It's bad for you. They didn't learn at the church. But I like to smoke a cigar. And we drink coffee and we talk story. Well, that Saturday, two of the kids are up already. I'm not going to mention which two because then they get upset. So two of the kids are up already and they're going, hey, what are you guys doing? I said, we're going to go drink coffee. She goes, oh, do we, can we come? I'm like, I'm going to come. Okay. It's kind of like me and mom's time, but okay. So I go to my second daughter, who I not going to say the name. I go to the dame and I go, hey, she's sleeping. I go, you want to go? Like every teen, they're like, okay, we're going to go. When we go, we're going to go. No, okay, okay. So I go, I'm getting ready. I wait for the kids to get ready, getting ready. Because I'm a patient man, you can tell. Two times I went in the truck, I turned them on. Air conditioning, what is taking so long? So I go, they finally they're ready, but get one still sleeping. So I go to her, okay, I take it to myself. Okay, we're going, because I said we're going, I'm going now. Everybody going. One not going, but that's okay, we're going. Because I do what I say, but I'm going, but that's your family. So I go, okay. So I go, okay, we're going to go now. You, you want to stay, right? I'm confirming. No, no, I want to go, but you're not going to wait for me to get ready. I walk out of the room thinking, no, I said we're going to go. We're going to go now. You don't like go. You said you don't like go. And then like that, bang, I hear God goes, hey, what is it that you have? And I'm like, what? It's like, what is it that you have? You get these guys who graduated. They're all teens now. How often they go work. This is the first time in a long time that we, when, we were, when they were younger, we used to go every Saturday, family day, we go around the island, do all these things. Like, so I go into the room, I go, hey, okay, go get ready. You're going to wait? Yes, we're going to wait. So I go inside the garage, I sit down, I smoke a cigar, it's hot. I'm like, hmm. <laughs> Half an hour later, we're ready to go. And, every, and then we want to bring the dog, okay? <laughs> so we bring the dog, we're in my Tacoma, three people in the back, two people in the front, dog in the back on top, everybody. <laughs> and we're driving along. And I got it. In the first, of course, I'm a little bit perturbed. Like, mm, mm, mm. But as we go, you know, everyone's talking. Everyone's like, oh, they're so happy. Wow, this is good fun. It's like when we were kids. Dog is lying down, sleeping, and they're all painting the dog. Looks like the Waltons inside my truck. Okay, everybody is happy. I look into myself going, wow, this is kind of nice, I guess. So then we stop at Poodaloo. Everybody goes swimming. Dog goes walking just like the Waltons. Everyone's running around. Everyone's happy. Then after that, everyone says, hey, let's keep on going around to the North Shore. I'm like, Okay, so we keep on going around to the North Shore, stop at Coffee Gallery, we have a great time, we get special coffees from when they were young, we used to do that, and then we go eat the special chicken and the puffy pastry, then we come home, and at the end of the day, 3 o'clock, I'm like, well, I guess that was pretty good, <laughs> good day, and would I have that time for the rest of my life locked away if I didn't stop and I didn't listen to what God was saying? No, absolutely not. And would I have known to listen for that ahead of time if I hadn't been journaling two weeks before and talking to the guys in our group and saying, hey, this is what God's telling me, and, blah, 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 blah. and then now it's, now it's applied to me. No, absolutely not. And that's why I tell you guys, the manual is super important. God speaks to you in many ways. Sometimes you feel a nudge in your heart, going, hey, maybe you should be quiet right now. Sometimes when you're reading the Bible and you learn something, God will bring it up later. And it has to do with you, and it's really important. If you didn't read it, how are you going to know it? You got to wait for somebody like me or Max or Pastor Mark to tell you. So it's not the best. So I, I, I really highly encourage you the, to understand the value of, of the Bible. Okay? 
Now let's look at number four. The P in simple, like simple Simon. Plan of action using your manual. Whatever you learn, again, this tracks backwards. If you didn't learn nothing, then it's hard to make your plan of action. Just like in my story, you gotta wait and then you kinda base what you do or what you don't do upon what you know God is telling you. And he will speak to you to, through the word or the Bible. In Proverbs, it says this, check it out. If you plan to do good, you will receive unfailing love and faithfulness. Unfailing love and faithfulness. Proverbs also says, good planning and hard work lead to prosperity, but hasty shortcuts lead to poverty. Poverty is another word for junk. Yeah? And so that, that's a very good indication of how to use that. Now, I'll give you a, con a cautionary instruction. No matter what your plan is, no matter how much you know the Bible, no matter if Jesus himself stands right next to you and tells you these are the things that you start to, once you take it into your human hands, always remember whatever plan you got, you got to let lo the Lord lead. In the Bible in Proverbs, it says, we can make our plans, but the Lord determines our steps. Always hold it loose hand. I learned this from my friend, uh, we sent the archangel a long time ago. You hold your plans, your thoughts, your dreams inside a loose hand. And you say, Lord, this is what I think you're doing. This is what I want to do. This is what I think your Bible says to do. But what is it that you want me to do? See, you don't grip it on because once you start holding on to it, it starts to run like water through your fingers, like sand. You cannot hold it. You cannot hold the ocean in your hand. It's not possible. If you let the Lord lead, he has the chance to change, modify, explain to you what is going on. So it's important to let that happen. If, if you don't have a God-inspired plan, it's, it's the same as having uh, no plan. And, and, and you're going to shortchange your life. You see, the real wins or loses or losses in life are actually defined by God. The reason I tell you that is I've seen tons of people plan and have the best thoughts and have all the right materials. And for some reason, at the end, it leads to the greatest pain that I've ever seen. They were tracking, they had things on top, spreadsheet, they have all this stuff, but still it ends up in some type of pain. In the opposite way, I've seen guys, and, I, and I've, seen, I've seen Pastor Mark launch on a plan that I'm going, mm, I don't know about that, brother. Because, you know, I'm watching him and that's the, way, the Lord is saying this, like, mm, okay. And, but... It tracks one way and it turns into the hugest thing I've ever, great movement. In the Bible it says that beauty sometimes comes from ashes, from, from the places where, God, where you think is just level, that there's nothing else that could grow, that it's been incinerated and God will just bring that up because why? You let the Lord lead. Super important, okay? The last part of simple is O, others. Who else do you need to get help to fix the problem properly and not temporarily? Really important. Not temporarily. Alcohol can fix something temporarily. Doing something wrong the wrong way is a shortcut, but that ends in poverty. That's temporarily. Only the principles of God last forever because God is eternal. So let's look at trusted advisors, relational participants, small group members, all these people are other people in your life that are super important. In Proverbs 15, it says, plans go wrong for lack of advice. Many advisors bring success. Know who to ask as an advisor, by the way. It also says in Proverbs 20, plans succeed through good counsel. Don't go to war without wise advice. 
Don't go to war without wise advice. Again, if you're a husband, did you think about what you were about to say before you told your wife that? Because sometimes after you say that thing that's on your mind, it feels like war in your house. It goes like war in your house. Like everybody gets food except for you. <laughs> like, you know, they made the plate for everyone. It's like, oh, 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 <laughs> somebody's mad. Think about what you're saying. Sometimes it's good to go and ask, hey, hey Neil, you know what? I told her from back up the car. She didn't back up the car. She wouldn't do this thing. But you know what? I told her this. Oh, bad idea. Okay, so what? You better ask her to forgive you, Max. Okay, <laughs> good idea. <laughs> because I always say the I cannot see the I. You don't know what you're doing. You, you know you're right, but you're wrong. Because a lot of times we say in counseling, you can be 100% right and 100% wrong. That means substantively the words are correct that you're saying, but the way that you present it, the when you say it, how you say it, mm, wrong, bad idea. And if you have somebody on the outside, they can always help you. In Proverbs 27, it says, iron sharpens iron as one man sharpens another. And in Ecclesiastes, it says, two are better than one because they have a good return for their labor. And also, if either of them falls down, one can help pick them up. Really important. That's why you surround yourself with other people. We all need other people and the help of other people to live God's very best for us. That's the bottom line. I, you cannot do it yourself. Without my wife, what would my children be? Come on, let's go. Without, our, without my pastor, not Max, um, I mean, he's my pastor, but Pastor Mark. Mark married me and Kareem. Okay, Pastor Mark married us. What would our marriage be like? He actually had a hand in that. Without the people in my small group, what would I be? Because I have a calling that I have to execute in life. I cannot be fruitful unless I, I have people to do it with. So I'm going to urge you guys, you, you know, depending on how long you've been here, no, irrelevant, that's irrelevant. I'm going to tell you guys, engage other people in our church. It's super important. Get into a small group so you can discuss the Bible. People always say it's so hard. It's so boring. Why I got to read them? I don't understand that. I'm not joking because I used to always say that. So what do we do when we start Bible? Hey, go to Kai's place at Logos. He gets a little baby Bible, third grader. He has all the stories. Good. Read the stories in the Bible. Start somewhere. It'll tell you what's going on. So when Pastor Mark, Pastor Max, Pastor Son is up here talking, or the elders, um, you know, you're going to understand what's going on. It helps you get a base. Get into a program like Alpha to explain what your faith's all about. So you go, oh, that's why we do that. Get into a class that explains the Bible. Read stuff that kind of helps you. What, you, know, you can get this thing online that's called Daily Bread. It gives you a nice, neat start, and it gives you the Bible application. Do something that starts to engage you into the Bible. See, simple can be very, very simple, but it doesn't mean easy. Sometimes the simple things that you clearly understand is not easy. It takes effort, and you have to choose to take that effort. So, you got to remember that as you're doing that, as you're sitting there, a lot of times God starts talking to you now. Like, he may be telling you, hey, this might be something that's going on with you. And, and, and that's just the beginning of the next step or next action you got. Okay? So, I think I made it on time. I cannot see the clock. So, <laughs> so <laughs> it's hard getting old. So, we, we always say, pray that we say, we have eyes to see, ears to hear, and we want to choose to listen. Super important. It's your choice, not mine. Only every person can own their own choice. Okay? So it's very simple. So let us pray and finish early. 
Because you're going to be happy. Okay? So, bow your heads for a word of prayer. Okay, Lord, we want to experience your very best for us. We want to be able to stop in life whenever and wherever we're going and give you a space in all of our troubles, all of our issues, all of the things that are going on so you can prompt us, that you would poke us, that you would help us as soon as we stop and give you a space. We ask as we inspect what's going on that we would examine everything very honestly including what you're showing us about ourselves. As far as the manual, we pray to give you give us an urge and a desire to read it, understand it, place, place it in our hearts and, and live it at the same time. Lord, we want to make plans, take action using that lens, the lens of the Bible, grounded in your will, not our will, because that leads to a win. That leads to the very best. Lord, we want to include others around us because Basically, we're called to love you and love others. And you have placed people in our lives so that we not be alone, that we have trusted advisors, that, that we, we, we have people who can tell us things that we miss because we're not all that all by ourselves. Above all things, Lord, we, th- we, we worship you. We bless you. Would you bless every single person here? To our right, to our left, in front of us, in back of us, we pray that your blessing would be upon every person here that you may get into our lives and help us to live a great, fruitful life until the day we become dust. Let us enjoy your fruitfulness. In Jesus' name, we pray together. Amen. Amen, amen. Yeah. What a great word that was. I learned some new words today. Taya and simple.